Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast, real stories from ending emotional abuse and trauma and taking back your life. I'm your host, Carrie Veach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a life and success coach that believes we all have limitless potential within ourselves if we have the right tools and support. Trauma or past hurt might be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be the whole story. We all have different versions of what freedom means, and I'm here to help you uncover your perfect version of how to set yourself free. Join us for season one, where we follow five extremely brave women through their journey of setting themselves free. Through their stories, you will know that you are not alone that it does get better on the other side and learn practical ways that you too can set yourself free. Let's dive in. Did you have a support system or what kind of help did you get during this time? Renee? Yeah. um, I wish I could say that I called the number right away and then everything just was rainbows and butterflies, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I, it actually got a little worse for a while. Um, I didn't have much of a support system because I was choosing not to tell my family. I just, the day after it happened, I remember I like cried in my mom's arms and like would not tell her what happened though. I just was so like, uh, hysterical, but I just wouldn't say what happened. And I just wasn't telling anyone. And the friends that I did tell, unfortunately didn't have um the best reaction it kind of i think a lot of my healing um unfortunately was about being re-traumatized and being um uh people minimizing my pain um people said stuff to me like well at least you know we didn't get aids or anything like that like it could have been worse and oh gosh (laughs) and you know and then there's people who were well-meaning but was saying stuff like you know, like you just have to move past this and like, you just got to get back up there and like, you know, keep doing what you're doing and study hard and focus and don't even worry about it. Um, and everyone was just kind of (laughs) invalidating my pain. And I didn't, as someone who had suffered from abuse before, I just, and who was very shut down, I had no like language or skills to be like, Mm. Hey, this is what I need from you. Or, Hey, this is not okay. Um, I just didn't, I just did not. Um, so they didn't have the skills. (laughs) I didn't have the skills and I very much ended up feeling alone. Mm. Um, which just made the whole process a lot, a lot harder. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I lost a lot of friends during that season. Um, because I was very depressed and people didn't know how to help me and, you know, um, it wasn't great. So then finally, uh, the semester ended and I was still, I was still pretty depressed, but just less so, um, I guess cause I didn't have class. So it just didn't, yeah, just a little bit less. And, um, I said, Hmm, you know, I'm still not feeling myself but I'm feeling a little bit better. Maybe I should call this number. Hmm. So then I finally <laughs> called them. <laughs> Several months later, I finally called that number and I was in counseling for like, I think several years, or like maybe a year and a half or two years after that. Um, and so my counselor was my first person who I really, really trusted. Um, 
in like she just helped me so 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 much to heal and mm-hmm. I actually she put me also in a group program with other people who are experiencing the same thing um so I I you know walk that journey with other people as well so that was incredibly healing and just um I'm just so thankful for that well I'm probably very validating after you had been so invalidated you know, unintentionally, I'm sure by so many, but nonetheless, like that was your experience and that forced you to feel more alone and to think, you know, who can I even turn to outside of, you know, maybe a therapist. And so then, I mean, I imagine, right, having other people in your same experience, although different, like that's just so powerful. I honestly have never experienced it. Like I... I highly recommend like group experiences to people like who are like me just because man, like the level of healing and just understanding was, I, yeah, I felt completely alone, unfortunately. Um, so just getting that was such a gift and was crucial in my healing. So, so one question that comes up for me, cause I think it's um, very common is like, what did you do with those feelings of shame that you probably experienced as you're talking to other people and they're dismissing your experience? Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like? Man, <laughs> it was very hard. Um, that was that was one of the hardest parts. Uh, it was, I mean, there were just several different layers of healing from the situation. There was just several parties involved whoever was there like at the event and um friends who were there uh and then my friends dealing with after like I had several several layers of shame and um man (laughs) that was that was it honestly took me a very long time um to and I had because I had dealt with shame and I I can't even can't even overemphasize this enough but because I had went through experience of abuse as a kid, I, um, I, it's like, I was shame, you know, like I, it was such a, such a big part of my, my whole life. Um, so when I was healing from this, it was just, I had to uncover it, uh, like layer after layer, after layer, after layer, after layer. And I think, in the beginning, I was so detached from mm. what happened. I was so, <laughs> I remember my, my therapist being like, like I told her what happened. And she was like, you sound like, you know, like you're reading your grocery list or something. <laughs> 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 That's how detached I was. Um, so when I finally started to feel the feelings, it was, man, I mean, mm. it was, I can't overemphasize how painful it was. Um, but it was so healing. The fact that I finally saw that I had shame, I finally allowed myself to feel the feelings of shame instead of running from it, from shutting down, instead of, um, just attaching myself from my human experience and, um, just allowing it in, just like allowing it in and just almost befriending it. Like, Oh, Hey, shame, here you are again. Yeah. (laughs) um, that was such a powerful journey. And 
then allowing myself to be like, you know what? Um, I don't have to accept this shame anymore. Like I don't have to accept this on me. And it, it was a journey. It wasn't, you know, just one, it wasn't just a week of counseling. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love myself. It was layer after layer. <laughs> sure. after layer. <laughs> and finally, and finally I was like, Oh no, like this is not part of me. This is, this is not, um, this is not me. We were so intertwined before. And then I started to see, Oh, this is not me. This is, we're separate. This is something that has been prevalent in my life, but this is not me. I am not shame. Um, and there's nothing wrong with me. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that that is often the dance and the struggle of healing and it's, um, not talked about enough. It's just not talked about enough. Yeah, no, no, no problem. <laughs> I, just that journey was very um, just eye-opening and you're right. It's not talked about enough at all. And, and it can be very hard. D. So I was living about an hour away from my friends and about two and a half hours away from my mom. Um, so I did have that support system there on the phone. Um, but for me, I did have one friend in town that I hadn't really known for that long um, that really helped me through it. She supported me. I was able to cry on her shoulder and, you know, do all that stuff. And I really appreciate her for that. Um, because I asked myself, like, if I didn't have that, I might've went back for the fourth or fifth or sixth or trillionth time. Um, but it was nice to have that one person that I could talk to and physically be there with, um, but my, my best friends and my mom definitely helped me through all of it as well as the rest of my family and stuff like that. So did they know ahead of time or was this a shock to them when you kind of, you know, maybe broke down in front of them and let them know what was going on? <laughs> um, I mean, it was a shock to me. So it was a shock to them as well. So, um, but it's funny because when I, I was in such a shock that when I was telling my family what had happened, I had no emotion mm. and it kind of scared them <laughs> because I was just in complete shock and there was just no emotion when I'm telling a story that is like, you know, a very, you know, uh, I don't know, crazy story. And it's like, how are you not crying about that? Or how are you not pissed off about that? And I was just very like, monotone telling like, yep, these are the facts. This is what happened. And that was it. So until I kind of get over that shock, which took probably a couple of weeks, um, then all those emotions set in, but yeah, so it was a shock to everyone. Hmm. (laughs) That's your body and human nature also protecting you, right? Like if you were just instantly breaking down every second you're recalling that your body can't handle that. So I think that's where, you know, it's always giving ourselves so much grace when you are kind of detached from traumatic situations. Like, of course, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's there to protect you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you had your friend, your mom. Um, did you have anyone else in your support system that was there for you? Um. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I had my other family, but those, 
those were the people like my best friends and that lived an hour away and you know the friend down there and and my mom would knew the most mm-hmm. and helped me let me cry on the phone yeah. <laughs> day after day hour after hour uh and just like was there to support me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, for women that are listening to this, that don't have that support system, like, I think it's important to know that you can find those types of people in support groups online, mm-hmm. you know, so don't use that as an excuse to not be able to leave a, a situation that you need to get out of, um, you know, such as you and me and, and a lot of other women would love to support somebody to get them out of a situation that is not healthy for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that is what people want to latch onto of what they don't have or how they can't do what somebody else is doing because of X, Y, and Z. And I think it is so important to highlight the unbelievable resources we have just because of the internet, truly, right? Yeah, there's so many support groups out there, you know, free support groups, women that, you know, there's so many empaths out there that we just love to help. So <laughs> you can find one, believe me, there's a million out there. You can come to my group, your group, anybody's group. And I'm sure that there's so many women going through the same exact thing that can give you that support and that encouragement and be there for you in order to get yourself out of a, a toxic situation. Uh very true. Raw. Um, I actually withdrew a lot mm. and I definitely isolated myself quite a lot because I couldn't really understand what was going on. And so typically then my old habit would be to withdraw and kind of figure out what was happening through like researching. Mm. So I spent a lot of my time online Mm. researching, trying to figure out what had happened. Um, And I think what was really quite hard in terms of support was trying to explain how I was feeling to people and them not really understanding or them not getting it. Mm. Um, because unless you've kind of been through emotional abuse, some people think that you're just kind of, how would I say it, being an upset ex-girlfriend or mm. um, playing the victim. And so a lot of people that I did speak to kind of like, oh, you know, like you'll get over it. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really kind of playing down how I was really feeling. And so with that, it, it made me then kind of withdraw even more because I wasn't really getting any support or even like the validation not of like what I went through and knowing that, that that's – that what I went through was real. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't really my support network or I suppose where I felt 
like I had the most support or like validation through my experience is what I ended up finding online. Because mm. you just felt really invalidated by the people you were choosing to tell. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is extremely challenging, right? When you're in this vulnerable state, you destru- you described it as worse grief than when your mom passed away. I mean, you're in a very vulnerable situation mm-hmm. and then you try to reach out for help and you feel like you're not seen or heard. No, mm. no. Like, I think I had one friend who was, like, she was there for me and she was willing to listen. But at the same time, it still kind of came back to, like, you'll kind of get over it within, you know, like, a certain amount of time. Mm. Um, Not kind of realizing the impact of it and the trauma that did kind of result from it. yeah, so it wasn't – I didn't really get the support that I really truly needed through those that I did reach out to. Hmm. So how did you find the strength within yourself to keep going or to rebuild your life? It was that I I knew I didn't want to feel the way that I was feeling. Mm. And I knew that I had felt good previously. Mm. And when I did read how long it took for some people to get over it, um, I think what I'd kind of read was that it can take about 18 months. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, I am not, that is not going to be me. Like I am like 18 months for me is a long, long time. And I like, I get that however long it takes for someone to get over trauma and grief is however long it takes for them as a person. But for me, I was like, I am going to do whatever I can do to mm. like come back to being me and really kind of stepping into my power fully. And so I literally started consuming even more kind of personal development books, self-help books, like everything that I could find about emotional abuse, psychological abuse, um, narcissism, around how to heal from that. Um, What else? going to therapy and I was literally looking for so many like just something different something that I'd never never done or tried before and I came across what's called timeline therapy and I'd never never really heard about it and never experienced it before and I was like why not I'm just gonna give this a go yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'm just gonna like literally. I'm gonna I'm gonna try whatever it takes to to heal from this. And um, you know, I heard some incredible stories from people who had healed from some really serious trauma, such as depression and anxiety, from this. And so I went to it was a three day event, which 
included timeline therapy and included a lot of what's called NLP, and which is neuro-linguistic programming techniques. And I it literally changed my life. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. And I, like it blew my mind because I'm like, how can something so simple or what appears to be quite simple, mm. like allow me to release a lot of these negative emotions, really see my worth and really look at the world from a place of love and after that, I was like, wow, like this, like the best way for me to describe it was like, it felt like magic. Um, yeah. And so I was like, I need to learn how to be a facilitator of this because if this can help me through something that was such a traumatic part of my life and not just that, like so many other past traumas in my life growing up, then like I want to be able to help others and especially other women who, you know, might be going through something similar because the pain and the hurt that you experience from this, like it could it could go on and on and for me it was essentially gone within like four hours wow wow that's powerful mm-hmm. yeah wow. so you were able to find the strength in this training in these moments to release your pain, release all that had happened to you. Maybe not all, maybe that's too strong of a word, but, and to also have a vision of this is how I want to help people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't all um, at that moment, Mm -hmm. like, because it wasn't a, it was in a group setting. And so um, you can have incredible transformations in a group setting but it's far more powerful doing it individually one-on-one with you as a person. And so even doing this work since like it's allowed me to let go of so many limiting beliefs like around like I'm not good enough and how I see the world. And I, I truly like believe in it so, so much now. Like my mind is so much clearer. Mm. Um, which is incredible. Like I look back on past events which had so much emotion attached to them and I can acknowledge that there was emotion there now but I don't feel the emotion anymore. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that there like is like, okay, like that allowed me to me to move forward but then I was like wow this is so powerful like I know that this can allow so many other people to move forward with their life and I was like I yeah I just need to I need to share this (laughs) share this with the world well and that's when I think it's so 
so beautiful when we get to that place that we can then have gratitude for those places, those really difficult and hard places, because I think we can't minimize how difficult and hard they were to get to the other side. But when you get to the other side and you have the tools now in your toolkit that you get to help other people, like that is so wonderful. And, you know, I, I can speak for myself, but then it, it feels like, okay, this was worth it. I, Oh, totally. Yeah. And I have so much like, I actually have so much gratitude for the experience as much as I would never wish the experience on any other person Mm. and truly believe that I know I needed to go through that to be where I am today, to have experienced what I did, to have so much more empathy, so much more compassion, and also to have come across these incredible tools. Mm. Because yeah. if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been like, I suppose it's like that catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. You go through that difficult part in your life and that hard part and you, you can either choose to keep going or to stay where you are. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to really change this. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for what happens now mm. but not at the time sure definitely, <laughs> definitely probably not even I would say four four or kind of five months after mm. nor well when I was younger especially in my culture like you don't really talk about like what happens to you in public because there's so much stigma. You don't want your family business out. So like growing up, I didn't really have that support system. My mom was really young when she came to America. So like she did the best that she could under the circumstances, raising four kids, you know? Um, And so my middle school and my, you know, elementary um, years, like, like I didn't have too much support not sure how I made it. Um, you know, I, I mean, I had coping skills, but they weren't always the most effective. Like I didn't know how to regulate my emotions. Like someone had to teach me that, you know, to learn that emotional verbiage. And I didn't know, I didn't know it. So again, you know, as I got older and I went into college and like, I think like the last year of my high school, I found a group of friends that I'm still friends with today that like really were my support system that knew exactly what was going on with me. So that was nice. Um, And then when I got into college and I finally found a group of friends again there that were very supportive. Um, But my system now is it's weeded out in the sense of like, who's healthy for me and who's not healthy for me Um, because not everyone deserves to hear your story. And I didn't know Mm -hmm. that, you know? And so I shared my story with some people who then took it and ran with it, you know? And so I think now I'm much more like, now that I'm more aware of it, I know who I can tell, who I can trust, you know? And so that's been really helpful for me to keep me grounded these days, especially like, you know, who's in my network, who's in my vault. Um, and I have a real, like, 
I, I call them tune-up sessions. Um, <laughs> I, I have a therapist that I go to every once in a while and I have a tune-up session with him, you know, and that's, he's also a really great support for me. Um, and then, but I've discovered along the way, like people are really helpful because in the sense that like shame won't thrive in secrecy, but also I need to be able to rely on myself. So if I'm always relying on others, Mm -hmm. like I can't learn how to regulate my own emotions or how to deal with the distress um, that is occurring in my life. Like how do you deal with the daily stressor if all you do is rely upon people, you know, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but I think there's also some power in owning your own independence and saying like, I can do this and I can take care of myself. So like, um, one of the things that I do is I carry this, like, I call it the emergency first aid kit. And I, um, I offer this tool to like all my clients and I think it's so much fun. You get like, um, a medium sized pouch and you add, um, five, like, you know, your five senses. So Uh you take something from each sense um, and you add it into your bag. And so whenever you're stressed out, I pull out my lavender eucalyptus lotion. Um, You know, I'll have pictures on my phone or affirmation cards, you know. Um, So, you know, I'll have like a piece of like chocolate that's in there that's really like, you know, so things like that that have been like, okay, like I'm I'm having anxiety. What do I need to do to calm myself down? Mm -hmm. I will whip out that kit and I'm like, all right, here are my goodies, you know. (laughs) So developing my own coping skills um, has been really helpful in grounding myself. I love that distinction because I think that's really critical on the healing journey for Mm -hmm. us to, to understand and to see people living in terms of there's always outside support. Some seasons you need more of it. Absolutely. But the goal is to be able to self-soothe, to be able yeah. to count on yourself, to trust yourself, yeah. to know that I'm not going to fall apart if this person doesn't call me back. Oh my gosh, yeah. That was like one of my biggest things. I would personalize, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, I know they have their phone next to them. Like, why aren't they texting me back, you know? Um, or I would just I'd be like, um, what did I do wrong? You know, mm. how do I fix this so they can talk to me? And it took me a long time to realize, like, uh-uh, like, it's not my fault. Like, if I didn't do anything wrong, then it's not my responsibility. And I'm not in control of other people's emotions or behaviors. I'm yes. only in control of my own, you know, so I can only do what I can do. And so I've learned to, like, let go of a lot of things in that essence. Yes. What beautiful work you've done around that to get to that place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hard work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you can look back now and be so proud of the work that you've done. Absolutely. Now I can laugh at it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to be that way. (laughs) And you can honor yourself. Like I look back and go, how can I honor the younger parts of myself that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can look back and say, how in the world did I cope? Cause I have those moments of course, for sure. Yeah. But I love looking back and saying, you know, 17 year old me, 22 year old me, like she didn't have those skills and that's okay. Yeah. 
you know? Absolutely. And that, and that's such a key point because that talks about the self-compassionate part in you, right? Like how to be gentler with the younger you instead of being the critic. And that's so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nikki. All kinds of support. I absolutely had a support system. And there's no way, Carrie, that I could have done what I did without what I call my pillars. Mm. So there are people in my life, I actually, during the divorce process, kind of, I think after the worst part of it, maybe the low, I wrote some thank you notes to some really key people in my life. And I sent them a thank you note along with a little plastic white pillar like a Greek (laughs) column (laughs) and thanked them for holding me up literally and figuratively and emotionally holding me up during that time. And those pillars included my parents first and foremost, they supported me 1000%, even though they were close to my husband, they thought of him as being, they were, he was their son-in-law and they thought of him as family and So they didn't see the extent of what was going on. And I didn't have a lot of concern that they wouldn't believe me. They know who I am. We have always been close. They know that I am a person of integrity. But it was so important and so crucial that they believed me and what had been happening and that they understood that I was making the decision that I needed to make. And that they supported me unconditionally. They said over and over and over, at every time I needed it, they said, we support you unconditionally, whatever you decide to do. And it's hard for me to imagine how much harder the process would have been if I hadn't had that from two people as close and as important to me as my parents. They also helped me materially. They helped me pay for attorney's fees They visited me at the time they lived an hour away from me, but they, on some really key periods of time when I really needed them, they would get an Airbnb a block away from me or two blocks away from me and be there so that I could go there when I had some time off from parenting or even when I didn't have time off from parenting and I could go to where they were staying and literally collapse on the bed or collapse on a couch and receive support from them and have them help hold me up. Mm. So they also just were as close to me as possible. And they helped also hold up my children who at the time were, they're seven and four now. So they were, they were four and one back then approximately. And the other, my other pillars were my therapist. She was somebody who I worked with, I've worked with her for the past seven, eight years. Now that I've recently moved, I have to find a new therapist. She was amazing. She knew pretty early on that I was in a situation that was toxic and likely she concluded years before I did that I was in a relationship that involved some verbal and emotional abuse. She didn't use that term with me and she really let me figure it out myself rather than telling me. Mm. But once I came to that conclusion, I remember being in a session with her and saying, you know, if I didn't know better, I would say that that he was being abusive to me. And she looked me in the eye and she said, absolutely. That is an instance of verbal abuse. 
And once I figured it out on my own and came to the conclusion myself, she was very swift and very specific in her support and in her recommendations. She kind of got right in there and she became my advocate and kind of helped accelerate my process. But I had to come to the conclusion first. And then other pillars included my attorney, my second attorney. The first attorney I hired was pretty damn awful. The second attorney I hired, I did a better job of interviewing her and vetting her. And she was much more professional and knew what she was doing and was really the perfect legal support for me. Um, Other pillars involved a few key friends. Uh, One of them, I was concerned about being about my computer and my digital world not being secure. And one of my friends who lived nearby housed my computer for like a month. Oh, wow. Um, Another thing she did was there was a point where it was my son's birthday and I was having a birthday party for him. And at the last minute, either the day before or the day of my husband, we were, my husband and I were still living together at that point, And my husband informed me that he would not be leaving the house, our house. And I was planning on having the party at our house. And it didn't make any sense for us to both be there because we were in an extremely hostile place with each other. And so I called my friend and I said, Hey, can I, can I hold our son's party at your home? And she said, yeah. So I contacted everybody who was coming at the last minute. And I said, there's been a change of venue. And she and her husband were so, so kind to absorb that change and to allow my son to have a fantastic birthday. I think that was his, it was either his fourth or his fifth birthday. Well, that's so, that's, I mean, A, that's such a gesture of extreme kindness, but also just a testament to the people that you have in your life that are willing to do that. You know, I mean, because none of us do it alone. Like, None of us, as much as we want to feel like we're superwoman at times, <laughs> we don't. We just can't, especially when you're in this type of situation that you're walking out of, that you're trying to find your feet again. You know, I mean, you have to find the support, even if it's paid support. And there's no shame at all in getting paid support. No way. There is so not shame in getting paid support. I will say this over and over and over again for the rest of my life. If you aren't investing in every way, including financially in yourself, then what is the point of making an investment? If you are dedicating your time, energy, and money to all the causes and people in your life other than yourself, but you're not investing in yourself and you're not availing yourself of people who are experts on getting through trauma moving on after trauma, knowing what it is that has been happening to you. If you're not doing that, where are you leaving yourself? And so I'm really glad you brought that up, Carrie, because other pillars that I had a little bit after I was relying mostly on my therapist and my parents and a couple of key friends were my first coach I hired was a fitness coach. And I cannot overstate the benefits, the power, and the effectiveness of getting in physical shape, robust physical shape, working out, kickboxing, martial arts, whatever it is that gets you moving. Yeah. The effectiveness of that 
in recovering from trauma and reclaiming your power and reclaiming your very body. And so my fitness coach was a pillar to me. She, she helped me get into the best shape of my life. And then I later hired a life coach slash business coach who, who was immeasurably helpful to me in a very small period of time. Yes. I love that because those are such important people to have supporting you during that time or any time of life. But I think especially during that period of coming out of something such as what you were coming out of, like that is invaluable and you you have to be willing to invest in yourself in that way. A thousand percent. Mm. Oh my goodness. This episode was so powerful. I just can't even tell you how honored and grateful I am to get to facilitate these conversations, to bring you in behind the scenes in terms of what it actually looks like to walk through hard shit and get to the other side. And each of these five women show up so big and so honestly in these conversations. They, to me, are such examples of what strength and vulnerability looks like. And this episode shows all of us what it takes to ask for help. I know that we are so trained and conditioned, especially as women, to think we have to do it all on our own, to think that asking for help means weakness, that asking for help means there's something wrong with us. And it's just not true. None of us do it alone absolutely none of us. And so I am so thankful for each of them sharing honestly what it looked like to ask for help, to say they needed help, to admit that they couldn't do it by themselves and that they didn't want to. Because sometimes I think maybe we can do it by ourselves or we think we can, but there's really no need to. And why would we even want to? I know that for myself, that's often the question of like, sure, I could do this myself, but wouldn't it be a bigger opportunity and blessing to do this with other people? Anytime my brain gets crazy and I try to do something on my own or think I I want to do something on my own that I know would be better with support, I remind myself how much I love helping other people. And so that's the biggest gift that I can give myself and that I offer to you is in those moments to remember what it feels like to help someone else. Because we love helping. We absolutely love helping other people. And so when we're able to give that gift to ourselves of just reflecting for a moment when we're about to ask for help and maybe those those stories, those tapes, those old programming is going on in our head, we're able to pause and reflect on what it feels like to give help to someone else. And so just remember what that feels like. And so when you're asking someone for help, they get to help you. And that to them is such a joy. And so that's how I flip it and how do I turn to my own moments of 
you know, the inner dialogue that comes up and I'm just reminded that we love to give help. And so it is denying a gift from someone else that they would love to gift us. So that's my encouragement. That's my challenge to you this week is to remember that someone out there would love to help you with whatever that is that you feel like you have to do by yourself because you don't have to. And there is absolutely no shame or guilt around asking for help, of getting support, of showing up in this world as supported as possible. So with that, I feel really, really fired up right now to just encourage you and challenge you to get the help that you need. So if you are desiring support, if you are wanting to chat, I would love to talk to you about what that could look like to work together in a coaching situation. I offer free 30-minute calls and would love to jump on the phone with you. So head on over to my website and sign up for a 30-minute call and we can dive into what's happening in your world and how to get you to the most confident, most lit up, powerful version of yourself. So it'll be at the end of this episode as well, but setyourselffreellc.com would love to chat. So can't wait to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. I'm so grateful you are here supporting me and these incredibly brave guests. If you could do me a favor and take one minute to share this episode with someone that needs to hear it, I would be so grateful. And if you are willing, please leave us a review. Each month, I will be choosing a reviewer to give a free session to as a thank you for listening to this podcast. One thing I know for certain is that shame can only grow in secret. I'm more encouraged than you could possibly know by those that are willing to speak up and help all of us know that we are not alone. So don't forget, head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com. Grab your free journal and you can also book a free call with me to see if we are a great fit in supporting your journey to setting yourself free. Thanks again and we will see you next week.